Merry Christmas, everybody. All right. I'm glad that Sly wishes I, I have a Merry Christmas. I said Merry Christmas, everybody. It's good to see you guys. It's good to be with you guys. You know, I've always heard it said that Christmas was a time for family. And so I'm glad that I get to spend at least Christmas Eve with all of you. I know a lot of you have your obligatory stops and, and, and places to, to be, people to visit. And so I don't take it lightly. And I deeply, deeply appreciate that you would even consider um, to also show and express that this is family to you as well, and that we would spend this time together on Christmas. I genuinely appreciate that. If you've been with us this season, you know as we've gone through the Advent season, we've been calling this season Lit. Church, are you with me this, this evening? Can we say Lit? lit. Can, we, can we say lit? lit? All right, good, good. I just want to make sure we can say it. We've been talking about, we've been talking about how um, in the beginning, there was light, right? And we've, we've walked down the narrative all throughout the Old Testament from the moment that God said, let there be light, from the moment that God said, let us make man and woman in our own image and place them in the light, all the way to the realization that, well, that's not our reality now, so what happened? Well, we let the darkness in, and now it's all, it's all twisted, right? The light is twisted now, or we actively run away from the light now, or, man, I see a whole lot of people trying to, trying to extinguish the light now. We just want to get rid of the light now. I don't like the truth that the light brings now. I'm just trying to, trying to avoid that, right? And so we get to this point all the way up to now where we've known what was coming, that's what this season is about, right? We've known what was on the way. We knew the character that was going to be introduced. And now this, this evening, I'm going to catch myself slipping one time, I'm going to say this morning. This evening, we get to that point, the introduction of the character, the man, the God we know as Jesus. I would invite you to turn with me to the gospel according to John. We'll be in the first chapter, and we're just going to read the first five verses. Why are we only going to read the first five verses? Because, church, if I go any past verse 5 in John chapter 1, we're going to be here on the 26th. You see what I'm saying? So we're only going five verses. This is what John chapter 1 says. It's starting in verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Let me pause right there real quick. When it says word and him, church, this is Christmas, this is church, who are we talking about? Jesus. In the beginning was Jesus. Jesus was with God. Jesus was God. Jesus was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Jesus, and without Jesus was not anything that was made. And I wanted to get that right because this is where I want to focus our time in verses 4 and 5. It says this, in him, in who? Okay, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The life was the light of women. The light was the light of humanity. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Christmas lights play a special role uh, in my family 
every year. It started in uh, 2009 when I got brave enough to ask a certain individual out on a date. And on that date, we, we went and we looked at Christmas lights. That was the date. Now, lucky for me, very lucky for me, it turns out she loves Christmas lights. So thank you, Holy Ghost, for the inspiration. Then two, two Septembers later, two Septembers later in 2011, I, had a, I uh, got a couple of my friends convinced to help me string some lights in the same place uh, where, we, where we walked the night of our first date. And I had them string lights in the middle of September because I don't know if you know this, but most normal folks, I'm talking to some of you over decorators, most normal folks don't have Christmas lights in September, okay? Most normal folks. And so we, we, got the, we got the Christmas lights going in September, and it was under the Christmas lights in that very spot that I proposed to my, to my now wife. Shouldn't be too surprising that, that, that the children that we have since birthed have also shared an infatuation with Christmas lights to the extent that I literally can't take them anywhere without them being like, but wait, Daddy, on the way home, can we go through the Christmas lights? And if you're thinking to yourself, well, you're such a young dad, you haven't learned the tricks and the tools, um, all you got to do is take a different route home so they don't see the Christmas lights, so that way they're not triggered by the Christmas lights, right? Okay, I live in Stadium Park, so what I'm going to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no way, there's no way home without me seeing them. They love Christmas lights. Last week... We reached a new level. Last week, I don't even want to talk about this. I'm still upset. Last week, we went to uh, a state park. I'm not going to tell you which one because I don't want you to think that I'm picking on state parks because I'm not. If that's your thing, great. It's just not mine, okay? So we go to a state park. Why do we go to a state park, you might ask? That would be a very good question. Um, we went because they had an immaculate Christmas lights display that you could walk through. Now, to be clear, when Rachel told me that we're going to go see Christmas lights when I get home, I assumed that meant in the car. When Rachel told me it's all the way out at this state park that's like 30 minutes away, I thought that's not a big deal because I'm driving, right? And certainly it had not occurred to me that on the coldest day of the year, she was genuinely thinking it was the coldest day. Stop arguing with me. Y'all see what I got to deal with? On the coldest day of the year, I'm preaching and she's still arguing. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I start to, start to, to, to drive and that's when she breaks to me the news that this is an outside display, that this is a display that you get to walk through. And I'm in J's. That's upsetting. Like, more than four of y'all should have understood that. Like, I'm in some J's. You want, you want me to walk through a state park at night, coldest day of the year, in some J's? No, sir. Yeah, but I did it, though. But I did it, though. I did it, though. Man, 
I don't have time, Sly. I don't have time. So we go through this Christmas lights display, and here's what blew my mind about this display. What blew my mind about this display is that all this place was was a whole lot of woods. All right? Now, I grew up, I grew up farm adjacent. You feel me? I grew up farm adjacent. I did not wake up at 4 a.m. I was not on the farm. I rode quads through the farm, and some of my friends had farms, but I grew up farm adjacent. But the farm, I can be cool with. You know why I can be cool with the farm? Because the farm, you can see for a really long distance, okay? It's a wide open pasture. There might be some things in the grass, but we'll deal with that if and when we come to those things. You know what I don't like about the woods is that you can't see anything, it gives new meaning to the word darkness, okay? There are things within a foot of you that you don't even know is there. Anything at any moment could just reach out and grab you. And Rachel and I had a serious talk through our engagement that we would never live in or near any type of woods. And you think you live in the city, don't you worry about somebody breaking in? No. I worry a lot more about something coming out of them woods. I don't do the woods. What I mean to communicate to you is that if not for the Christmas lights, if not for the lights, you would not catch me at all anywhere near the woods. You know what's even crazier is the person who led me there feels the exact same way. If not for the lights, you would not catch Rachel anywhere near the woods. What I mean to say, and this, this statement is why I'm not telling you what state park it is because I don't want you to think I'm picking on them. What I mean to say is that if not for the Christmas lights, if not for the lights, that place has got nothing for me. If not for the lights, that's not a place I'm trying to be. If not for the lights, the darkest of darkness that you could experience would have me feeling miserable there. Y'all see where I'm going, right? When we look at John chapter 1, John is faithful to give us a good history lesson. He's speaking to a knowledgeable audience when he says, in the beginning, Jesus was there. In the beginning, talking about what we talked about just four short weeks ago, the point in time where out of absolutely nothing, God, through Jesus, made absolutely everything. And that's incredible. But as we've been talking about, that's not our present reality, is it? The perfect harmony that we see at creation. The, the beauty and the sinlessness that was experienced in the Garden of Eden. That's not our reality, right? The reality is, and that's what John knows in starting his, his letter, the reality is that darkness has entered into the picture, that darkness has captured our lives, that darkness has overcome our world. 
And so for all of us that are here today, whether we exist there currently or not, we have been born into darkness. But what John intends to communicate is that that was not the original intention when Jesus was there in the beginning. What John intends to communicate was that it's not in Jesus where you find that darkness. It's not in Jesus where you find that fear and that shame that overtook us in Genesis 3. It's not in Jesus that you find all the struggle and sorrow and the death that we have to weigh through in this lifetime. It's not in Jesus that that stuff is found. It says in Jesus, verse 4, was life. And the life was the what? The light. In Jesus, we found life. And that life was the light of humanity. I only got two for you this this evening. I only got two points for you. And then I'm out your way and you're on to Christmas dinner. But point one is Jesus gives us life that we can't get ourselves. Here's what he knows. What Jesus knows is that we've been overcome by the darkness. What Jesus knows is that we've given our lives, many of us, to the darkness. What Jesus knows is that we're suffering. What Jesus knows is that we're in pain. What Jesus knows is that, man, this life really is for the birds. Like, I really, it's really nothing in it for me. There's nothing in this world that this world can give me that will solve what I'm dealing with more than just a moment. There's nothing in this world that we've been able to find that cures our deepest heartache. There's nothing in this world that we're able to hold on to to experience that pure joy that Scripture talks about. There's nothing. It's dark. And when John is writing this, he's writing this in light of a time, no pun intended, in light of a time where there was complete silence. See, he remembers, he, he remembers the stories of when, of when Israel broke apart, of when they were a divided nation, and then because they were a divided nation, they got taken over by Assyria, and because they were cast into exile, they were lonely, they were distraught, they were far away from God, and God stopped speaking, because it was long before God stopped speaking that Israel stopped listening. And so for a really long period of time, there was no speaking from God. 400 years, to be more specific. And what we read in John chapter 1 and what we've gathered to celebrate this evening is the interruption of that timeline. It's the interruption of that moment. We have gathered to celebrate the fact that Jesus interrupts the silence. Jesus interrupts the heartache. Jesus interrupts the suffering to bring a life that we can't get to on our own. Does anybody in your family have somebody that is very difficult to buy presents for. And they're difficult to buy presents for because the reality is if they need something or they want something, they just go get it. Unrelatable to you? Man. 
for a really, really long time. Those of us who have not accepted Christ's presence in our lives, that's the way we have behaved. It's as if it's as if, if there's something that we need, it's as if, if there's something that we want, we have lived in such a way where we choose to just go get it. We choose to take it upon ourselves to go get it ourselves. But where does that get us? Not really anywhere, right? We still hurt. We still feel pain. We're still suffering. We've been out here trying, grinding, whatever you want to call it, trying to get somewhere on our own, trying to get whatever it is that we perceive that we need. And yet it's Christmas and we're still hurting, aren't we? But when Jesus comes to interrupt this timeline, it's the same interruption that Jesus is offering to you this evening. And it's an interruption that says, I can give you a life eternal. I can give you a life that you can't get for yourself. I can give you the life that's talked about in the beginning of Advent when we say that we have hope. I can give you that hope. Jesus says, I can give you a life where we talked about all of that joy, and you're like, man, joy feels far away. Jesus says, I can make it happen for you. When we talk about, when we talk about feeling the peace, pastor, do you have social media? How do you have any peace? Man, we live in 2021. Where is the peace? We live in we live in a time where our favorite people are polarizing figures. Where is the peace? Jesus said, I've come to interrupt the way you've been living to bring you a life of peace. Y'all don't let me get started on love. Y'all got real quiet when I went there this past Sunday. You don't want me to go there again, right? We live, okay, we live... We live in a time where love or the feelings that love can give us, we think are accessible at our fingertips via our cell phones at any moment. We live in a time where if we can make somebody be just close enough with us that that will give us all the feelings of love that we've heard so much about. We, we, we think that if, there, if we can just get on the right dating app or if we can just get on, if we can just get in the right bar, if we can just, if we can just put ourselves in the right circles, if we can just find ourselves or if, or if I can just give them a perfect gift or if I can just, if I can just be who they want me to be or if I can just, we live in a time where what we're really searching for is a whole lot of love. And we're willing to go through ex to extreme, wild measures, unspeakable measures to accomplish it. But it's Christmas and we're still hurting and lonely, aren't we? Jesus says, I can offer you a life of love that you can't get for yourself. Verse 5. <clears throat> Verse 5 says, the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. 
Church, if you don't leave here with anything else that I say this tonight, if you're already off thinking about the last-minute shopping that you're going to try and squeeze in at Target after this, good luck in Belden, by the way. If you, if you, if you are already drifting and you don't hear anything else, I want you to come back to me for a moment because I know you feel the darkness. I know the darkness is a deep reality in your life. And if you don't hear anything else, I want you to hear the conclusion of verse 5 that John writes like this. He says, and the darkness has not overcome the light. This is why I want to emphasize here. This is why I want to focus here. This is why I want to end here, right? It's because in verses 1 through 4, John's talking about the past. He's saying in the beginning, you know, back then, back in the day, right? He's talking, about, he's talking about when Jesus was present back in the day. But when we get to verse 5, the way that he writes this, it changes from past tense to present tense. In other words, it's not that the darkness wasn't able to overcome the light back then, but it can now. It's not that the, over, that the darkness was not able to overcome the light back then because God was more present back then, because God moved more, more, more obviously back then, but then someday the darkness will overcome it. Uh-uh, he switches to present tense. This was good for the year 46 or whatever he wrote it, and it's good in 2020. In other words, the darkness still to this day in 2021, December 24th on Christmas Eve still has not overcome the light. But it's still trying, isn't it? And it still feels thick, right? It still feels like it surrounds us because it does. But the hope that we have this Christmas the joy that we can allow ourselves to experience this Christmas. The love comes to us this Christmas. The peace comes to us this Christmas in the form of the fact that the darkness has not, it had not, and it will not overcome the light, the light that we know is Jesus Christ. It's not going to happen. Some of us, some of us have already given the darkness whole pieces of our lives. Some of us have given up parts of our lives being redeemed. Some of us have just accepted that on this side of eternity, there is no hope, joy, peace, or love that we're going to experience in that area of our lives. It just is what it is at this point. But if we as believers accept as true that the darkness has never overcome the light, the darkness cannot today overcome the light, and the darkness will not in the end be what is triumphant over the light, then why have we given up? What is the part of our lives that we've given over to darkness, that Jesus wants to redeem and put back into the light. Now, I've come tonight. I left a family party, and I'm going back to one after this. But I came to you tonight just long enough to say to speak to two people. I came just long enough to get my point across to two people. The first person I want to talk to is the person who believes that they've been in the light. It's the person who's like, I'm with you. It's the person who would genuinely display that they honestly 
believe themselves to be walking in the light, that they have accepted their call as children of the light. Let me talk to you just for one second. John writes later in a different letter. He says, the message we've heard from Jesus and proclaimed to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. But here's the kicker. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. In other words, if you say you've been in the light, but there's still whole parts of your lives that you've given over to darkness, you a liar. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. How do we get along with one another? How do we experience love in our time? How do we experience joy in our time? How do we experience hope and peace in our time? We walk in the light. Because by the blood of Jesus, John says, his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, why? I've already been, that's been taken care of because I'm in the light now. So, you know, my light self doesn't have sin. Well, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. In other words, if you say you're in the light, but you still walk in whole aspects of your life in darkness, good Good luck. You feel me? Good luck. Because God says that's not what it means to be in the light. So what it looks like to live into the light is that you love the people around you really, really well, even if they're irritating. God says what it means to live in the light is that you actively walk in the forgiveness of your sins. Right? You don't carry around the weight and the burden of the guilt and the shame from your sin, and you are actively, continuously walking in repentance, swearing that even though it's really hard, and even though it's still kind of dark, and even though we're going to trip and fall sometimes, I understand that Jesus has a better path for me. Right? If you say that you've been in the light, my encouragement to you is to keep reading John chapter 1 because the very next section is going to tell you about a man named John the Baptist who was actively in the light and so what did he do? He went and told people about the light. In other words, if you claim that you are in the light, be lit. This world is dark. If you claim to be in the light in this dark world, then be lit then. Then let people know it then. Let people know by the way that you love them. Let people know by the way that you don't carry guilt and shame anymore because it's already been taken from you. Let people know the path and the good news that Jesus came to be the light of the world. Second person I want to talk to, and then I'm out. I want to talk to the person who knows they're in the darkness. Worship team, come back up here. I want to talk to the person that knows they're in the darkness. And maybe you're in the darkness because you've never had the opportunity to accept the message that Jesus is the light of your life and our salvation before. Or maybe you're in the darkness because you know that if you step into the light, all that you've been up to will be exposed. 
Maybe you're staying in the darkness because you don't want to handle the harshness, the harshness of, uh, of what, the, what you perceive the light presents. Maybe you have stayed in the dark because you don't believe that there is a way back to the light for you. Can I tell you something? God already knows. And John recorded a conversation that Jesus had with a real righteous man that we like to remember one part of. When Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. We like to remember that part. But if you've been actively walking in the darkness, I need you to hear the rest of what Jesus says to Nicodemus. Because that's for you. He says, for God did not send the light into the world to condemn the world. God did not send the light to expose you the way social media and world star desperately try to expose you. He did not send the light into the world to make you feel bad about the blemishes that you've been carrying. He did not send the light into the world so that everyone could see the shame and sin that you've been walking in. He sent his son, not for that, but in order that the world would be saved. In order that you would no longer have to fall in the darkness. In order that you would no longer have to feel alone in the darkness. In order that you would no longer feel death in the darkness. He says, whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already. Because he's not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and the people loved darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But here it is in verse 21, the hope that I'm sending you home on tonight. He says, but whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Church, this is a place that without the light, we would want to have nothing to do with. This is a phase of life that without the light, we would want to skip over. This world is a world that without the light, we cannot survive. This life is one that without the light, it's got nothing for me. But because of the light, because it was Jesus who came on this day or somewhere near, a really long time ago, we are invited to experience our life redeemed. Redeemed. 